Tim Moore. And this is the StashMyComics.com podcast, episode 36. So what's been going on lately, Tim? Uh, not a whole lot. Uh, this is like the last full week of school for my kids, so I've been knee-deep in that. Uh, what was it? Uh, my daughter uh, pulled a pulled a major blunder earlier in the year. Like this year was the first year they did uh, uh, computers instead of textbooks. Wow! And uh, yeah, and and they gave them MacBooks, MacBook Pros. Oh Lord! <laughs> and uh, my, my daughter pulled the blunder of uh, leaving hers on the bus uh, halfway through the year, and it got stolen. Oh man! Yeah, so so every time uh, I tell her to do something and she looks at me and either says, I don't want to do it, or the typical teenage response, Ugh, I just look at her and I say, every time you do that, I want you to think of one number. And she goes, what? And I say, 400, as in the amount of dollars you owe me. That's all it was, 400? Well, the, the, the guys that I talked to were cool enough to, to knock off. Five hundred dollars. Oh, I was about to say, like at least a thousand. I would say. Yeah, yeah. But uh, the 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 school's been really cool about things. So she is she is my lawn lady and uh, my house cleaner, my maid, and and everything else for the rest of the summer. Uh, Whenever dogs poo on the floor, guess who gets to clean it up? No, no, not me. <laughs> but uh, uh, aside from that. Uh, I, I got to sit down and do something with my kids that I haven't done in a while, and that uh, directly has to do with our episode this week, uh, which is all about fan films. Um, when I uh, was doing Fan Film Friday on uh, SNC, uh, when when I had a column for that, 25, uh, 25 articles, a bunch of cool uh, fan films and not-so-cool fan films, but... Uh, when I was doing it before, uh, my kids uh, would sit down and watch fan films with me, and they would help me pick out what the good ones were and tell me what the bad ones were and stuff like that, and they really got a kick out of it. And I sat there today, and I was like, guess what we get to do? And they're like, what? I was like, we get to sit and watch fan films. And they're like, huh, really? I said, yeah. They're like, oh, right. <laughs> so, but, uh, yeah, other than that, uh, oh, um, I don't, you know, uh, I've been uh, really into uh, the the social networking part of the creation of my card game. Yeah, yeah, it's it's crazy. Like, I, I made the Facebook uh, for Dragons and Warriors. Shameless plug, card game. It's going to be the next big thing next year, 2015 release date. Um, but, uh, anyways. Uh, I made the Facebook for it uh, February, and I did the typical uh, spam everybody on my friends list, and yeah. only 30 I'm said like okay. I'm, I'm like yeah. Face. <laughs> yeah, so I got 30, and uh, uh, my co-creator, uh, Nick Julian, and my brother, who is the co-creator, uh, Joe, uh, did, did their own thing, too, you know, and, and spread the word and all that stuff, and we got about 34, 35 people to like the page. And uh, then I kind of fell away from it for until until a week and a half ago. And uh, started boosting posts and pages. And, and Eric Weathers, uh, you, you know his art style, but if anybody else hasn't seen it, uh, go to Flying Fortress 
ericweathers.comic.com to check it out and support that book, or go to ericweathers.net and check out his uh, artistic style. Yeah. He's doing uh, artwork for me uh, for the card game, and and I showed you the stuff before uh, before we started the the show. And oh my God, dude, that stuff is is beyond anything I thought could come out of somebody's you know pencil to paper or however he's doing that. Uh, all I've been doing is giving him ideas. Like like when him and I had a had our first meeting, I, I think it was like two weeks ago or, or something yeah, like that. that sounds about right. Cool. Right yeah, after we recorded yeah. one night. Yeah, and then I jumped right on and uh, had had like an hour and a half meeting with him before my garage lights decided to say, "Well, you're done," and and shut off. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, we we talked about it, and I I said, you know, nothing th- that I say is is set in stone, except for the game mechanics and stuff like that. But as far as the artwork is concerned, I I told him, you know, I want complete artistic freedom on it. I want you to be able to draw what you're comfortable with and I want you to be able to do you know, what you feel would be better to look on, on a card and and I would just give him suggestions I'll be like everything that I send you is just a suggestion take it as that you know and then go from there and, and you saw the end result and if anybody else wants to see the kind of work that he's doing or, or what kind of visuals are going to be on that uh, card game uh, by all means head over to facebook.com forward slash dragons and warriors card game to check it out, but uh, we we got like a hundred, a hundred likes in the span of a week. It just exploded. One nice. day, at thirty likes. Boom! I was like, oh my god, this is crazy. But yeah, yeah. So that's what I've been doing all week. I've been totally immersed in that. I've been ignoring my wife, ignoring my kids, not ignoring Game of Thrones. Um, but uh, everything else has uh, pretty much been behind me. Except for that. What have you been doing? Uh, uh, <laughs> working mostly. Oh, wow. Yeah. And I don't know. I, uh, I saw Amazing Spider-Man last weekend. Or maybe oh, yes. yes, tell us. Tell us what I I thoroughly enjoyed it. It was, it was a lot of fun. And uh, at the end of the clock tower scene, for those that have seen it, you know what I'm talking about. Yeah. And Peter is just dead silent. And then right at the end, there's that loud smack, and this kid, he goes, did she just die? And he starts crying. Ooh. <laughs> oh, man. Poor guy. <laughs> he's probably four, maybe five. Wow. Did you catch the Sinister Six reference right at the yes, end? Yes, I did. I did. Oh, so awesome. Everybody's saying that that, uh, that half image of a face or whatever it is with the smoke coming out of the eye is chameleon. I disagree. I'm almost positive that that's going to be Mysterio because of smoke and mirrors, illusion. And, and chameleon's part of that, but the smoke and mirrors thing is more Mysterio's line than chameleon's. Yeah, I know what you're saying, yeah. Yeah, that, yeah. I, I think it's Mysterio, not Chameleon. Everybody's saying Chameleon, but whatever. They don't know what they're talking about. Unless it's you, and then you know what you're talking about because you pick good comic books. But I, I don't know. I, yeah, yeah. I, <laughs> I'm interested to see who they get to play the Vulture, though. That's, that's who I'm most interested in. Well, if 
Sam Raimi would have got his way, it would have been uh, John Malkovich, who would yeah. be the vulture. Yeah, I, that'd be a, I a disagree thing. with that a hundred percent. Why? Ugh, I hate John Malkovich as an actor. He's horrible. I think you're probably the only person that thinks this. No, no, not at all. Not at all. There, there's like a subculture of non-Malkovich likers. I think the only so movie I ever liked. Yeah. <laughs> I think the only movie I liked. So we uh, have Alphabet a Facebook page, in, so check it out. <laughs> Facebook.com forward slash underground Malkovich haters. UNH. Yeah. Just letting you know. But um, I, I think the only good movie that he was in that, that I personally liked was uh, Knock Around Guys. And nobody likes that movie, except for me. <laughs> Yeah, but speaking of movies, I finally got to see uh, The Winter Soldier. Oh, yeah. 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 No. And I uh, I personally think that it is, along with Amazing Spider-Man 2, uh, the best Marvel movie out to date, dare I say, one of the best comic-related movies ever made. I think it could. I, I think it could stand next to uh, the Dark Knight as uh, one of the best comic book movies out there. One of the best portrayals of source material. Uh, yeah, Winter Soldier is definitely up there for me. It's very very good. Like we were talking about it before, I think it may just be the best movie that was made by Marvel. I really do. The, the the casting was was perfect. Uh, like in, in in Captain America: The First Avenger, uh, the guy that plays Bucky, I think what's his name? Uh, Sebastian Stane, I believe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, we only got to see a little bit of him. We didn't get to see a whole bunch. And then he falls off the train and he's gone. And and those of us that that knew what was coming after that were like, aha, there we go. That's how it starts. Yeah, aha. <laughs> <laughs> yep, I, I caught that. Being the nerd pays off. Yes, it does. Yes, it does. And that's when you can look next to your date and be like, I know what's going to happen next. Yeah. I already know what the next movie is about. They haven't even seen <laughs> it yet. Yeah, I have the whole trade at home. We can sit down and read it together if you want to. If not, I'll read it to you. Whatever. Yeah, I can do <laughs> different voices for each character. <laughs> <laughs> but anyways... um, I I think that uh, the the casting they did for Bucky slash Winter Soldier was perfect. Uh, he was he was amazing in in the, he had like the least speaking role in the entire movie, but he didn't have to talk in in like his actions and everything. It was just so freaking awesome. It was it was amazing. Uh, Samuel L. Jackson, uh, his Nick Fury, I, I think, was more fleshed out here than anywhere else. Uh, Black Widow, uh, you, you got a hint of uh, her alternate side, you know, the, the side that, you know, she can sit there and skip next to you with her hands behind her back one minute, and then the next minute a dagger's going right through your throat. Yeah. Uh, yeah. She played that really well. Scarlett Johansson is amazing as the Black Widow, uh, visually and in yeah. her acting abilities. Um, 
Evans was great. Uh, the 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 nod to uh, the uh, the uniform that he wore in the beginning of the movie. I think yeah. that's like yeah, his his shield, Captain America uniform, and and just uh, him pretty much you know uh, his whole persona during Civil War is how he was in Winter Soldier because. Ah, gee, so good, so good. And and the elevator scene, we were talking about that. Uh, that's pretty much a direct panel-for-panel panel, uh, bit from Civil War, from the first issue. That yeah, was... I, I do like, though, how Winter Soldier was, it was like, you know, yes, it was a Captain America movie, but but uh, the Falcon and Black Widow, and, like, you know, you could have had so many characters that, that were so well fleshed out in that movie that they could have their own movie. Yeah, no kidding. Falcon? Holy crap. Yeah. He was I, great. Now, now I want nothing more than a movie about him and Cap. Than a Falcon like movie. Roaming around Europe being buddies. Call it Marvel Team-Up. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> I mean, he he and Captain America had the long-running you know, series together. I, I just want nothing more than them, just like a buddy cop movie. Yeah. On your left. Oh, not again. On your left. Oh, come on. <laughs> Loved it. Loved it. Yeah, so so Captain America got a 10-plus from me. After I got done watching that, I was like, oh, this is the greatest movie ever. This is amazing. Kids have to watch this. Um, I'll be going to see uh, Days of Future Past uh, this weekend. Yeah, I'm looking forward to that. I'm going to try to make it out this weekend, but you never know. Yeah. Uh, Godzilla's on my list, too. I've heard nothing but good things about that. People on my but, Twitter feed have been very divided. Some of them love it, and some of them think it's the worst thing ever made. Really? That, that's that's kind of how it was with Spider-Man, though. There was no gray area. Like, some people are like, oh, this is this is fantastic. And, you know, it's, it's great in all these ways. And other people are like, this is the worst. This is the biggest piece of poop. Why did they <laughs> Why did Godzilla dump on this movie and then call it his name? Basically. <laughs> Wow. Um, before we get into the news, though, do you want to talk about uh, uh, hashtag cat for strat? Yeah, yeah, you sent me that okay. link, so. Yeah, yeah, okay. Okay, so throughout the week, you know, we, we try and take it up to the day of uh, the show uh, before we finalize what news we're going to talk about and stuff like that. And I ran across this, um, and... Uh, it really kind of moved me, you know, and I, and it was something that I had to send to you. This this is stuff that doesn't get talked about enough, you know, and uh, and I'm glad that we get to take a couple minutes to to acknowledge this. But uh, what it is is hashtag cap for strats. Uh, the Avengers give a real dying man his last wish on Twitter, and this is via uh, scpr.org. So what it is, is uh, there's this gentleman, uh, Stratford uh, Caldecott, uh, diagnosed with advanced prostate cancer back in October of 2011. Uh, his daughter, Sophie, has taken it upon herself uh, to, to reach out to uh, not only like his favorite actors, but, but his favorite thing in general, which is comic books. He's an avid comic book collector, and uh, his doctors pretty much told him uh, that uh, he has about 12 weeks to live. It's terrible news, terrible news. But, uh, you know, lifelong comic fans said that uh, 
keep, keep hanging on just to see the next Marvel movie. Didn't get a chance to go to the theaters to see Captain America, the Winter Soldier. So his daughter reached out to Marvel, uh, and uh, it, it was a simple request. She's like, my dad's going through this. Can I get a, a signed Blu-ray of the movie pre-release? before you release it out to stores. Marvel was on board with that. I mean, they didn't even miss a beat. And this is what makes me like Marvel this much. This, this gives me newfound respect for the company. Say what you want about them and, and their production of comic books and the quality of the comic books at this current time. But Marvel really cares about its fans when it comes right down to it. And, and this shows you why. Um, they did that, uh, but uh, instead of getting an advanced copy of the Blu-ray, uh, she wanted to uh, get all the actors from the Avengers to see if they would take some pictures for her dad. And uh, it just kind of went from there. Uh, you have uh, the first picture here, uh, and we'll put the link up so you guys can take a look at it. Uh, is uh, Chris Hemsworth and Robert Downey Jr. holding up uh, uh, signs, you know, Iron Man for Strat at, at Marvel, hashtag Cat for Strat, and Four for Strat at Marvel, Cat, hashtag Cat for Strat. Robert Downey Jr. Uh, tweeted that. 25,000 people retweeted that. It's crazy. Uh, then the next one is Chris Evans. Uh, he has a picture saying the same thing. Uh, Mark Ruffalo is the one that directed him to that. And then right underneath that is Ruffalo himself. With uh, the, the same the same picture, then you have uh, Jeremy Renner who plays Hawkeye. Uh, you have Nick Fury uh, played by Samuel L. Jackson, and it just keeps going. Agent Coulson and Sky, or Clark Gregg and Chloe from the show Marvel's Agents of Shield. Mm -hmm. uh, you have Maria Hill, Colby Smolders. Uh, God, who else is there? Grant Ward from Agents of Shield. Uh, Ming-Na Wen, who plays Melinda May from S.H.I.E.L.D., uh, geez, Agent Simmons, uh, Loki himself, Tom Hiddleston. Uh, he, he did two because he didn't think one went through, but, you know, it is what it is. But uh, it, it's just been overwhelming. Uh, there's, there's supposed to be more uh, people from the show and from the movie that are going to be uh, doing pictures like that for him, uh, and that's just that's spectacular. Faith in humanity restored <laughs> <laughs> yeah i mean it's really nice to see people doing stuff like that yeah yeah you don't see that enough i mean they, they have like the make-a-wish foundation and stuff like that this just went beyond that yeah yeah i just i've never seen anything like that before and that really touched me you know that that was a really cool move and a really cool gesture by marvel and by uh by disney even you know, the, the actors and everything, but mm -hmm. enough of that. Let's get to the news. Why don't we talk about uh, the biggest thing first, which is the Batman reveal? Oh, yeah. So it was in tease that they were going to, you know, release a shot of the Batmobile and blah, 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 blah. Yeah, Snyder uh, put up a tweet on his Twitter page about the, the back end of the Batmobile covered in a tarp. Yeah, and so, and so then they tweeted out, and it was Batman standing next to the Batmobile, looking all super cool and buff, and had some pretty cool armor on, I'm not going to lie. 
How what do you think it looks like? Do you think do you think it's uh, more reminiscent of Miller's Batman or Lee's artwork? Uh, I'm thinking. I don't know. I, I see more immediate uh, similarities to Miller, but I really looked at it compared it to Lee's. I agree. I, I think it's more of a Miller feel, and I think that's the thing they're trying to do with uh, Affleck in this. He's trying to be a a tougher, grittier Batman. You know, like like they keep saying, he's been Batman for, for like 10 years at this point. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. But, uh, so, go on. What, what do you think about it? But uh, it looks pretty darn cool. I'm not going to lie. It makes me more excited for the movie. All the Batfleck haters. Oh, I am, I am down with Ben Affleck as that, and I am down with that. I, I was, too, from from the beginning. Uh, I, I said, that's a good choice. Great. Good job. Yes. But uh, oh, I, I was looking on superherohype.com, uh, which is, like, where, where I usually go to get this stuff. They've got their fingers on the pulse. And uh, I saw the picture, and I was like, oh, here it comes. It's either going to be everybody loves it or everybody hates it. And I yeah. always scroll down and read the comments, and I went down and looked there, and everybody was like, yay, high five, cheers, it looks amazing, it looks great, never doubted it for a second. And I was like, really? Come on now. Half of you people on this site hate everything. <laughs> but uh, I, I dig it. I, I think it's really cool. I think it's a really good idea. I, I think the Batmobile looks awesome. It looks tough. Uh, it looks rugged. The suit looks aggressive. Uh, and I saw um, somebody had uh, added color to it. They they did like a deep blue. And yeah, the uh, colored uh, versions everyone's making were really cool. Oh, you can see a lot more definition in that. And yeah. the the ears are smaller. I I dig that. He doesn't have the big huge pointed ears. Now, in in comparison, uh, I would say that this is probably the most comic book-esque version of Batman, not counting the Batman Forever, Batman and Robin, which most fans disregard anyways. Um, but uh, out of the three best, Keaton, uh, Bale, and, well, out of the two best, I guess, but uh, now you have Affleck. I think he looks great. I think he looks great. Maybe he got kicked out of that casino for a reason, because, you know, Bruce Wayne can't be everywhere. Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm excited for it. I'm down for it. But I, I think it's also funny that because, you know, he's, he's standing there all looking all mean and he's looking down and stuff. Yeah. Everyone's taking the call him sad Batman. <laughs> sad Batman. Yeah. <laughs> Poor Batman. <laughs> what mm-hmm. happened? Did your parents get murdered in an alley? Sad Batman. <laughs> yep. Yeah, I had had an older person, like a fifty-something-year-old person, say something. Did you see the picture about Sad Batman? And I was like, Oh God! <laughs> I can spread that far. Wow. Yeah. Well, all right. So general consensus is is that uh, Batfleck is cool. We are ready to go on that. Uh, did you see the pictures on Twitter of, jeez, uh, what is her name? Gail. The, the, Gail the lady that is, yeah. yeah, that's playing Wonder Woman. Mm-hmm. They're, they're, you, you did see those? Yeah, yeah, I've seen some. Yeah. Nice. 
Yeah, they're they're currently filming in Birmingham, Michigan. Uh, I'm from Michigan, but I have no idea where that is. Uh, <laughs> but uh, it, it it looks good. She looks good. I'm I'm anxious to see what she looks like in full costume. Oh yeah. Yeah. Well, hmm. not for those reasons, but you know, for for personal reasons. <laughs> nice. The Xbox is being dramatic again, but but uh, let's move on to uh, to what I think is going to cause hot debate from now until he hits the screen. Yeah, uh, Channing Tatum will be the next Gambit. There's going to be apparently a spinoff Gambit film in a few years. Is he going to be in X-Men Apocalypse? I don't know. Uh, all, I, I, all I really read was the fact that he's going to be Gambit and he's going to have a film like a standalone film soon. That's all you needed to see? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what, was your, what was your reaction? Was it a knees to the ground, fists in the air, yelling, no, I will avenge you, comic nerds kind of thing? Or was it a, nah, I can see it? No, it, it was, it was uh, yeah, well, like Channing Tatum, and I was like, but no, but no. But because like, Taylor... Great in 21 Jump Yeah, but, but Taylor Kitsch, the guy who was Gambit in the Wolverine uh, Origins movie, he, he, is, he is perfect with Gambit, I think. He, he looks like Gambit, at least. You know, he, he's Gambit to me. He had the suave... Uh, yeah. Yeah, the, the swab character type. And you know he can uh, act, too, because he was brilliant on Friday Night Lights when I was on television. Wasn't he in Battleship? Yes, he was. But that, and didn't that tank? A lot of stuff tanks, yeah. <laughs> That's not a play on words. Battleship was doing because it was a movie about a board game. Because Rihanna was in it? And it's also a movie about a board game with classic ships and pegs. <laughs> I mean, let's be honest. And they had to interject aliens into it to make yeah. it cool. I mean, let's be honest. <laughs> but Channing Tatum as Gambit. I'm I'm just not I don't know I'm so, I'm not I'm not down for it. And and when I was reading the article, like the publicist or whatever was like, oh yeah, Channing grew up in Alabama and Mississippi. So he, he he really has a feel for that blah 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 for the South. And I'm I'm thinking <laughs> I'm thinking so just because he's from Alabama Mississippi means he's Gambit. And I'm like, well, I grew up in Alabama Mississippi. I'm Gambit. So I'm Gambit. Yeah. <laughs> That's all it takes. Yeah. I, I want that movie. Jeez, I I'm from Tennessee. Who would I play? Not Gambit. You uh, not Gambit. <laughs> I think uh. I think Cannonball is from uh that from like Tennessee or Kentucky. There you go. I'll I'll play Cannonball if if that's all it takes is being from somewhere specific. Yeah, I mean that 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 was that made no sense to me because I'm like, well, he's a great actor. I mean, you know, he he has the, the personality. Not oh, he well he's from Alabama, Mississippi. Channing Tatum is a fair actor. Uh, he's. He was good in 21 Jump Street. I loved him in 21 Jump Street. Um, I didn't like him so much in G.I. Joe, in either one of them. Uh, he, he he was okay, 
but that's not what I pictured Duke to be. That's that's for another show. But um, what he's best known for outside of the nerd circle is uh, Magic Mike. And and yeah. and as far as sex appeal is concerned, yeah, he can bring that and stuff like that with chiseled abs and you know looking like a sculpture from ancient Greece. Mm-hmm. I can't do that. So so me playing Cannonball is out. But <laughs> but uh, I, I could play like the Blob in his beginning stages. Like, <laughs> <laughs> I could do that. But uh, but. His Gambit, I I know playing the role of Gambit doesn't require an Oscar performance, but it does require you to uh, know the source material. He's he's got time to do that, but but I I don't think visually it's a good fit. Like like Affleck as Bruce Wayne, visually that's a good fit, and you can see him as Batman. Well now I mean, but but even before that that was a great choice. And Henry Cavill is Superman slash Clark Kent. That was a great choice. Brandon Roth was even a great choice as a 20-something Superman. You know, but Channing Tatum is Gambit? No, give Channing Tatum somebody else. Not Gambit. Gambit needs to be a smaller, wiry-type dude that that tosses his hair from side to side because it keeps getting in his eyes and he needs to charge stuff and kiss a bunch of girls. I... After, after that news, all I could think about was them making uh, Gambit's recent solo series, which was canceled after like ten issues or something, because yeah, right. it was not very good. All I all I could think about all I could think about was them making that into the movie, and that made me so mad. There's so much more to Gambit than that, though. There's so much more to him than that. The 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 biggest thing that that everybody would remember is his love relationship with Rogue. Yeah. You know, and who's playing Rogue now? Anna Paquin, is that how you say it? Yeah, I think she's playing Rogue, yeah. Yeah, but she's she's barely in Days of Future Past as it is, and her relationship has been with uh, Iceman this whole time. Yeah, that's true. And and I don't see how that's going to twist or going to change, how Brian Singer is going to going to throw that in there, because he pretty much cut her out of the movie, said there was no real reason for her to be in there. But, we will see. Oh, no, I'm, I'm not, I'm not, uh, excited. But. No, no. I'm excited about X-Men Apocalypse, to see Apocalypse. And hopefully they do that whole world justice. But, uh, I don't know. I, I have to see Days of Future Past first because it has to be. Cause it has to. I, I've read early reviews of it, and uh, they said that uh, that it's the best X Men movie in the franchise. And I think that's a that's a tall order to beat because X Two is universally loved. Yeah. X Three ruined it. Uh, first oh, Class brought it oh, back. Oh God, X Three was terrible. So bad, so bad. But it is what it is. Do we have anything else for news? I think that's about it. Yeah, that's pretty much it. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, there was some some rumor stuff about uh, Spider-Man going back to Marvel Studios, but I don't see that happening. Ever. (laughs) Yeah, I don't know. 
But I did read something cool, uh, kind of on that. Uh, a guy did an article, and, and I had to agree with him. He, he, he wrote an article, and he said, uh, it's good that Spider-Man and the X-Men aren't with Marvel Studios. And his whole argument was, was that, uh, you know, uh, back when, uh, superhero movies still were not the cool thing, uh, when, when Blade came out, um, b before that, Marvel had outsourced their characters. Uh, they sent the Hulk to Universal, Blade went to New Line Cinema, Spider-Man went to Sony, the X-Men and the Fantastic Four went to 20th Century Fox, uh, the Punisher was at Lionsgate, Captain America was at Lionsgate, uh, Venom was with New Line Cinema. Mar Marvel played it, played it smart at that time, and they outsourced nearly every character that was popular that they could get out there uh, for people to see. And, and movies were in various stages of development and all that stuff. And when Blade came out, it snuck under the radar as a comic book movie, you know, because you had to look real close for where it said Blade and Deacon Frost from Marvel Comics and stuff like that. But uh, if Marvel hadn't done that, we would not have had the cinematic universe based on – we wouldn't have had Iron Man with, with Robert Downey Jr. Uh, we wouldn't have had uh, the Hulk. I like the first Hulk. I thought that was a good movie. I made Which one? The, uh, Eric, the Eric Bana movie? Yeah, I thought it was great. Trans yeah. love story. Exactly what it needed to be. I did too, but it was weird. Because uh, Nick Nolte was injecting them with uh, starfish DNA and stuff. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, and he was absorbing man. And yeah, it was, was a Spider-Man villain. It was odd. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, but he made a good point. You know, he's, he's like, if, if Marvel had done its studio then, and then we would only be seeing movies about Spider-Man and mutants, and we wouldn't have the Avengers, or at least not the Avengers that we're in love with now. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But I saw that, and I thought that was, that was pretty neat. But, all right. You ready to move on? Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Uh, let's see. What do we got? Go to the pool list, huh? Do you, do you yeah. want to talk about... Pool list. Do you want to talk about your pick or my pick first? Uh, let's, let's talk about uh, Future's End first. Okay. All right. So, the first book we're going to review is Future's End number one from DC Comics. Now, number two is already out. Uh, and I'm going to read that here in a little bit. But uh, number one was written by a slew of people. Brian Azzarello, Jeff Lemire, Dan Jurgens, Keith Giffen, all great writers for DC. Artist is Patrick Zercher. Uh, and basically what it is, uh, is you had, it's this event that takes place five years from now. And it starts off with uh, Batman Beyond, who's a great character, by the way. Um, but, uh, he is a uh, what? What is it? He's teleported or has teleported into this area that he doesn't belong in. This time that he doesn't belong in, and his computer system, which is Alfred, uh, 
is uh, kind of talking to him, directing him on, on where to go, how to do and what that. And uh, some creature had teleported with him uh, that he thought was not alive anymore. And then that cyborg-type thing wakes up, and they beat the crap out of each other, and then it switches <clears throat> to uh, to uh, Stormwatch, if I'm not mistaken. And I liked Stormwatch back in the day when it was with Image. <laughs> but... Uh, the iteration that's here now is pretty cool simply because of the fact that Hawkman is in it, and I think he is a severely underused DC character. Um, but uh, they are uh, like Earth's first line of defense against interdimensional things, you know, multi-universe things, and Stormwatch is their first to, to go against it. And this whatever it is that's out there in between the universes attacks their ship, uh, destroys the ship, leaves the fate of Stormwatch uh, kind of unknown at that point, which means that uh, Earth's first line of defense isn't there anymore, so this thing is heading toward Earth. And then you go to uh, present day, and you have uh, the two guys that compose Firestorm, uh, and they get a call from Green Lantern, or not Green Lantern, Green Arrow. Uh, and uh, one guy's more interested in uh, fooling around with a girl, and then the other guy is like, we've got to go, we've got duty, and we have an obligation, and all that stuff. And they waste time, and then they show up, and Green Arrow's dead. Yeah, I was uh, I was severely confused about what was going on. Did, did you read Future Zen Zero? I did not. Uh, it we might, might need to do that, yeah. That might help. <laughs> we probably need to do that. Yeah. Um, I don't see how this took four people to write. Uh, I, I could see four people composing the story, but not four people writing the script. I think that made it a little more confusing than it needed to be. Because all these guys on their own, Jurgens is is a great writer. Azarello is a great writer. Giffen is a great writer. You know, all these guys, Lemire, they're they're good respectively on their own. But uh, you put them all together, uh, and, and I don't think that it worked near as much as it should have. Maybe they're trying to cram too much into 22 pages. You know, maybe uh, future then should uh, each issue should be twice this, uh, but uh, it it just didn't do it for me. I, I felt lost the whole way through. I didn't know what was going on. I, I mean, the characters I knew by name, but uh, oh, whatever okay. they were trying. I know to... I was four writers. It's a weekly comic book. Oh, I see. They're gonna have to get more than just this week. Inverter. I don't get more than just you know, cranking out art, though. Yeah, right. I'm sure, like every few issues, it'll be different. But yeah, yeah. His his artwork was great. I loved his visual style. I thought it was really awesome. Took me back to uh, early 2000s. The the colors in the book and the inks were spectacular too. Um, but uh, it, it just the downfall of the book is uh, the the writing style. I I expected more from these guys, you know, and it just I think it fell way short of what they could do. And and if it's a weekly comic, then, geez, they need to step it up. 
Um, I, I'm, I'm sure the, the main title stuff, like from Batman and Superman and, and Justice League and all that, that tie into Future's End, it will be really awesome. But uh, but this, is, as far as, like, the, the main thing, it's kind of weak. So I give, I give the script a six at the most. Uh, but artwork artwork is the saving grace that gets a nine for me. So all in all, it gets a seven out of ten. I uh, I would say probably like a five on the story, and then really? an eight on the art. Because I I don't know I just don't I just don't know what the hell is going on. I'm I'm not sure why Terry McGinnis Batman Beyond is in. Is in the five years from now. I'm not sure why uh, who that cyborg is. Not sure what Killing Storm was. Well, well Batman Begins. Uh, Terry McGinnis. He's DC's most popular futuristic character. Oh yeah, I, right? I understand that. Yeah. I, I just don't know why he's traveling back to the past future. Probably for the same reason Spider-Man 2099 is. Huh? Huh? No, they're from different companies, Kevin. That's not how it works. Comic conspiracy. Comic not conspiracy right there. Mar- Marvel did it, so DC's like, we got to do it. We're going to do Future's End. We're going to put Batman Beyond in it. Check it out. <laughs> yeah? No? Okay. All right. Yeah. Go on. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I'm, I might need to read issue zero and figure out what's happening. Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. I'll read issue two. I'll pick up issue zero to check it out. But uh, if, if if it's not any better than this, then that's something that I would drop. I mean, every year they got to have something big, but there's got to be a reason for it, you know, aside from having something big go on. But anyways, let's move on to what you and I both enjoyed. Yes, The Woods, number one, from... Boom Studios, James yeah. the Fourth, and who's the artist? I am terrible. Uh, Michael Dialnus. That one. Michael Dialnus. <laughs> Dial Dial Wynus. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> that guy. <laughs> yes. Okay, so tell me what it's about. All right. So the woods. Uh, there's this high school. And, you know, as high schools are, there's various cliques and, you know, groups and whatnot. And then suddenly, just in the middle of the day, it's transported to an unknown time and place. And it looks like they're on an alien world. And at first, everyone's just like, you know, where are we at? What's going on? And then aliens start busting in the school and eat everyone. So, you know, then a group starts banding together where one of the uh, super smart kids he he's decided, you know, he he knows he knows what what they have to do because there's this little monument on the edge of the clearing, and he thinks that thing is pointing them where they have to go, and so he can get yeah, like a calling card. Yeah, and so he convinces another, you know, a motley group of people. There's uh the the one girl who's part of student council. There's the the field hockey player. Yeah, the lacrosse player. Yeah, and then there's uh the the big kid who. Everyone wants to play football, but he won't do it. And then there's yeah. the, uh, the 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 nice, loving football player who always gets in trouble, and you know, a few other people. And so, with them, yeah. they're going to venture off into the alien wilderness and figure out what's going on. <laughs> 
and I thought, yeah, I thought it was pretty cool. The the atmosphere is very good. There, there's, you know, it feels creepy. It feels strange. It feels a little weird and scary, which it's supposed to. And I, I think, I think Pinion and what would you, the Solanus, Dialwinus, Dialwinus. Okay, <laughs> we're gonna move to the team. Pinion and Michael captured that very well, I think. Yeah. Yeah, they really did. Uh, what would you give the story for that? I. It was super hyped on like Twitter and stuff when it was coming out. Everyone was like, "Oh my god, the voice is like the best thing in the world. Like it's it's the best." And so I was like, "Oh, like like yeah, like come on." But I give it like an eight. I don't think it quite lived up to the hype, but it's still a very solid book. Right. And what would you do artwork? I give the art an eight as well. It's a little different, but I think it fits the tone well, fits the story, fits what they're trying to do. Right on. Uh, my thoughts on this, um, right out of the bat, uh, like, I, I liked the, uh, the intro, you know, where, where the, the smart guy, Adrian Ross is his name, he's standing there, and there's mass chaos behind him, and he's just looking off in the distance, and he says, I know what to do, and then it goes to 25 minutes earlier, and you see him saying, I don't know what to do, <laughs> But uh, I, I like the uh, the transition. Like in in the beginning, it's 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 a really light atmosphere. Kids are dinking around and doing pranks and stuff like that. And uh, you get to meet each character that plays an integral role in the story. Uh, and and I think that they each get uh, their own time um, on the page too. It, it doesn't feel rushed. It doesn't feel shoved. It doesn't feel lagged or anything like that. I love the the captions that it gives for everybody, you know, where it's like it introduces the characters by name, and it says wants to kick whoever recommended so-and-so become principal right in the butt, and then it shows the principal, and he says wants to kick whoever recommended him to become principal. And yeah. Like, I, I really like that. that. That added a really great personal feel to it because – Immediately, you get kind of the sense of who they are in that little caption, uh, and and that works. It really works. Um, but uh, as the book goes on, I think you're like a couple pages in, and then all of a sudden, from this really lighthearted, kind of cool comic to this dark and <laughs> murderous, dish filled with destruction and death and you're like oh my god what's going on here um but uh but it, it, it was a good transition because i was sitting there reading and then when when the little bat creatures came in and it attacked the kids and stuff like that and they're running for their lives uh i was like whoa that's that's kind of crazy, and then it settled down for a minute, and you had that one little girl that kept crying, you know, like, I want to go home, I'm not ready to die yet, and all that stuff, and you get to know her name, and you get to kind of see who she is, and then all of a sudden, this thing crashes through the window, lands on her, and eats her. Yeah, and bites I bites her in half. <laughs> yeah. I was sitting at the table, and I said, oh, my God. <laughs> But uh, it, it was good. It, it, 
it, in, in as short a description as I can give, it was interesting. It switched from one aspect to something completely different, and it has me hooked. Awesome. Story gets an eight. Artwork gets an eight. Gets a great, solid eight from me. Yeah, I think it's definitely worth another another issue. Definitely worth looking more into. Uh, Boom Studios, in my opinion, has put out some of the most underrated stories in comics. Irredeemable. Yeah. That, that was uh, that's some of Wade's best stuff, and you can tell in Injustice how much it is deeply referenced. You know, because Injustice, Gods Among Us, uh, from DC, that's all about Superman losing his mind and and doing exactly what the Plutonian did. Mm-hmm. Um, what else did Boom put out? Uh, Superbia. That was really great. I never did read that. Check it out. It, it's totally worth the read. Um, I know they did a miniseries to start, a four-issue miniseries. But it was really good, this this concept of, uh, you know, where the superheroes kind of lived to, to hide their secret identities and, and things like that. Um, and this, uh, the woods, great stuff, great stuff. Yeah, while Image is putting out some of the best books in comics, period, I think publishers like Boom, Dark Horse, Night EW are really allowing newer voices to put out some really good stuff. Yes. Yeah, yeah, totally. Marvel and DC, you know, they have the superhero market corner. Yeah. There, there, there's no denying that, and there's no changing that. I think Image has uh, the best um, contained universe stories that are out there right now. But I uh, – and, and I think as far as, like, the hero genre is concerned, I think Valiant is uh, – right behind uh, Marvel and DC because their stuff, their stuff is is to be read. That, that's high-quality stuff. Have you been reading the new Gold Key books from Dynamite? No. No, I have not. Dude, Turok is kicking butt. Really? Yeah, it's good. They, they have Magnus, too, right? They have, Magus? They have Turok, Magnus, uh, and Solar. Solar, and then what's the other one, like Dr... Something, Dr. Spectre, Dr. Magic, something. There's a fourth character, I can't remember. Dr. Something, I think. Yeah. But yeah, all, all of them have an ongoing now. And Turok is good. Really? Yep. I know Dark Horse tried to put those guys out a while ago. Yeah, like a couple years ago. tried to do it, yeah. And nobody was having any of it. But no, Turok is good. They have some really good writers on the books. Good, good. Like, uh, I'm glad that they're getting people that are genuinely concerned with with how how the material needs to be treated. Like, like what, what was the original plot line of Turok? Because I don't, I never read the original comics. Uh, the original Gold Key stuff, I never read that. Uh, but uh, when when I got introduced to Turok, was uh, the first uh, run with Valiant. And uh, be dramatic, Xbox. There you go. Yeah, it did. Boom. <laughs> but, uh... That's when you should have turned around and looked into it. <laughs> just, ah. <laughs> but, 
but uh, the the original run, uh, like, like I said, I don't know anything about. But uh, the 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 Valiant Universe stuff uh, that uh, Valiant did in the '90s, uh, Turok was a uh, geez, like fighting dinosaurs and stuff and time travel, and uh, or or went after. M- Mother Box or Mother Brain or something like that. Yeah, see, that, that's what I thought too. Was, I remember playing the game and stuff, and yeah, he, he was just like this dude who accidentally like time traveled or whatever. Like he's like special ops or something. Yeah, but when this, he's actually Native American in like you know 1200 AD, and the uh, oh, good. and as part of the Crusades, the English, the English Dragon Knights, they've domesticated dinosaurs enough to use them in, in as war machines. Nice. And they, they've traveled to America to unleash war on the heathens. And Turok has to put a stop to it. Yeah, and it's really good. See, in, in the new Valiant stuff, they're doing just fine without Turok, Magnus, or Solar. Uh, Jeez, they've got Shadow Man, Exo Man of War, Archer and Armstrong, which io9.com says is the best comic you're not reading right now. And I have to agree with that. I, I love Archer and Armstrong. Their, their, their stuff now is, is great. Uh, Quantum and Woody is yeah. really popular with Valiant right now. Huge stuff, huge. Um, but, uh, but yeah, yeah, Boom Studios, oh, they, they put out some great stuff. What, IDW's doing Transformers and uh, Ninja Turtles right now, and their Ninja Turtles stuff is top-notch. Yeah, there's, there's a lot of good comics being made all over the place. Yeah. Yeah. So with that, are you reading anything new? Uh, Turok was kind of a part of that. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, I just got done reading Bad Blood, which is a miniseries from Dark Horse, which is really good. Finish, uh, uh, the White Suits? Uh, there's still, think, an issue that needs to come out, I believe. And there's one more issue. Dave. Dave, uh, the next issue comes out in about two and a half weeks. What's that? That's, uh, issue five. That's five, yes. Did that's I read it. issue four? I said to you, I believe. Oh, I'll have to look in there. Because if not, I need to read that. Yeah. I, I love Dave. Dave is Dave, Dave is the brain. Yeah, I mean, we say this nearly every week. We can't sing praises to Monkey Brain enough. They're oh, yeah. the comic company that you need to read comics from. <laughs> yeah, if you have a tablet or a Kindle or anything like that, you need Monkey Brain books in your life. Yeah, absolutely. Watch, here goes, Ray. Boom. <laughs> there it is. Uh, there it is. Dramatic right reveal there. from Xbox. That's right. Yeah, no, I, My- it's... Uh, yeah, I've been reading some Monkey Brain books. I've been reading Double Barrel from Kevin and Xander Cannon, which is out through Top Shelf. It's a digital, like, comic, and they have two or three different stories, and it's pretty good. Nice, nice. That sounds really good. I, I, I love a lot of the independent stuff. Like, I guess I'm in that mode right now where the indie stuff is, is way cooler than the big stuff. Like, Amazing Spider-Man number one, I was so disappointed with that. I'm not going to be disappointed in the fact that I'm selling my GameStop variant version on eBay, and I already have a $50 bid. Nice. (laughs) Yeah. I'm not going to be disappointed about making money off of it, but... uh, Oh, so? 
the the book was crap. I mean, they. I I can't say this enough. Dan Slott needs to go. He needs to go. They need to get fresh blood on there. <laughs> but but yeah, indie stuff. Oh, so good, so good. Like the 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 talent that's coming out of that. Yeah. I hope they don't aspire to go to Marvel or DC. Or if they do, then they need to go to Vertigo. See, yeah, I, I think I think that's a big thing with a lot of the up and coming creators now is the fact that you know. 20 years ago, if you were making comics, Marvel and DC were the end-all, be-all. But now, you know, you can make image books or IDW books or Dark Horse books or whatever for your entire career and be wealthy and famous. Well, even that, I mean, you now you can make your own. Yeah. And you can produce your own. It's never been more easy to make your own anything than it has been now. I mean... I'm a prime example of that, you know. I just I, ten years ago, I'd, I'd have never been able to make this card game. I'd have never been able to even think about making it. Now, within the past year, everything has come together. I mean, it's it's there, it's ready, and that's the same with these comic books. You got these small companies that are that are paying attention to what people are putting out, and they're paying attention to the submissions that they're giving, you know, and, and they're giving people a chance. And sometimes it doesn't work, but as of recent, it's been working. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So way to go, guys. I mean, all you independent guys that are pumping comics out and sacrificing family time and, and your jobs and, and laying it all out on the line, I give you guys 100% credit. You know, I, I will support every comic book you put out. Yeah. Yeah. But with that, why don't we take it to our weekly distraction? Sounds good. All right. So our weekly distraction this week is all about fan films. Now, uh, like I said before, uh, I used to do a column on SNC called Fan Film Friday. And if anybody wants to go check it out, really easy to find. Just over on the on the right, uh, when you're looking at the page that uh, the podcast is on, uh, you'll see all the different uh, categories that you can choose. Fan Film Friday is one of those. It has 25 different articles. And uh, it's worth checking out. But, Leo, let me ask you this. What do you think makes a good fan film? Uh... First and foremost, I think they need to capture the character well. Okay. Because, I mean, that's, that's just, you know, because you can tell even with a big-budget Marvel and DC movie, if, if the heart of the character isn't there, it's crap. So you think that what makes a good fan film is uh, dedication to the source material? Yeah, they have to know the character. They have to capture that. All right. I agree with that, 100%. But I also think that it takes this, too. And I think that the other aspect, along with dedication to the source material, is effort. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, case in point. Deadpool, a typical Tuesday. You watched that, right? Mm-hmm. Okay, what did you think about that? It was a lot of fun. I think it was a good little Deadpool movie. 
did, do you think that they caught the essence of Deadpool? Yeah, for the most part. <laughs> I'll never let any harm come to you. And he turns around, and there's a guy, and he holds up the sign, yeah. and the sign gets shot. No! <laughs> uh, we'll put up a link to, uh, uh, well, well, we'll put up three. Three fan films that, that you and I think uh, are the best out of what we watched today. Okay. But, uh, but uh, yeah, stuff like that, like Deadpool, A Typical Tuesday. I, I mean, the, the effort was there. You, you could tell the effort was there. I mean, the, the dedication to the source material was there, too. It, it's, it's, it's great that uh, I love when people put, blood, sweat, and tears into stuff like that and, and really give it their all. And they uh, they don't care about uh, the, the financial end result, you know? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Now, did you watch uh, Marvel Zombies vs. Army of Darkness? I did. I, I liked that one a lot. That was amazing. <laughs> I liked that one a lot. Ugh. I, I will not give the end reveal uh, as to what Peter Parker was carrying around, but holy crap, did you not go, ah, <laughs> when 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 they showed what that was? Yeah, yeah, I like oh, that. So good, so good. And that I, movie, I really like the evil, you know, the original Evil Dead movie, so. Yeah, and, and the, the, the way they had Wolverine look as a deadite was great. It was yeah. great. Um, but uh, that movie was up for nine days before Marvel told them to take it down. Nice. That's crazy. That's crazy. See, the, the thing that I don't understand, like with fan films and stuff, fan films are exactly that. They're dedications to things that fans love. You know, from everything from Power Rangers to Freddy Krueger, to your favorite superhero or supervillain, all the way down to, to Pokemon, even. You know, it, it's, it's everywhere. It's, it, it's a love letter to the industry, is what it is. Uh, e even the bad ones, and there's been some pretty bad ones. But uh, for, for a company like Marvel, and, and this, like, where, where hashtag caps for strat restored my faith in humanity and in Marvel, when Marvel tells the little guys to take those videos down now or suffer the wrath of our super lawyers, ah, that's when I start to hate Marvel again, you know, and, and there was no reason for them to say, get that off, and and then not tell the, the next guy that makes a Deadpool fan film to take that off too, you know, or a Spider-Man fan film or something like that. They're being nitpicky at that point. Uh, a lot of what it is is, uh, Things about protecting their IP. You know what I mean? Yeah. I don't like it though. <laughs> yeah. So, so out of what you watched today, tell me a little bit about what you discovered. Uh, I, I just kind of piddled around first. I heard the uh, Blinky Productions, because you and I have talked about them before. Chris Notarelli stuff. Yeah. I personally think is some of the best fan stuff out there. Yeah. So I started with that, then you started texting me links and stuff, and I started watching those. And I probably didn't watch as many as you, but uh, I, watched, I, I watched several, and they were, you know, it's a nice mix of stuff. 
I put three hours into it today. It was only time for quite that much stuff. <laughs> well, like I said, I, I had the kids, and they were all excited about it. And we, we started out, uh, what did we start out with? I had them pick who they wanted to watch. And uh, we ended up on Bat and the Sun Productions. They have a thing called Superhero Beatdown. Oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, that's good stuff, too. The quality of that, really good. And and the whole premise behind it is they give the fans the opportunity to vote on their website. They pick two characters that are going to fight each other. Uh, and uh, the fans get to choose who wins. Uh, and then in the video, they have the opening segment where they have two quasi-knowledgeable people talk about why they think their particular character should win. Uh that, that's more laughable than anything else. Not to say anything bad about the people that are doing it, but they really don't put a whole lot of effort into it. Um, I mean, it's a uh, six-minute video or whatever. You can't have you can't have a nerd debate. You know what I mean? <laughs> Deadpool's gonna win because he's Deadpool. Oh yeah, yeah? Batman's gonna win because he's Batman. Let's find out. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, their live-action stuff is great. If you haven't seen any of it, I highly recommend it. Uh, the newest one is uh, Master Chief versus Captain America, and that's really good. But we watched uh, Batman versus Deadpool, and that was that was so great. They had Deadpool. I think they even got the guy that does the voice uh, in the video games to do it. Oh, yeah? I think so. Sounds like him. But uh, other ones was like White, uh, the White Ranger from Power Rangers versus Scorpion, and they got Jason David Frank to, to reprise his role as Tommy. Oh, so good, so good. Um, but uh, but that that goes back to what I said about you know effort. They put a lot of effort into this. Their their cosplay costumes are amazing, and half of the people they get to do these shows, uh, these episodes with them, are cosplayers themselves, so they they put a lot of effort into that, a labor of love into what they're doing. Yeah, I mean, some of the costumes are incredibly good. Yeah. But, moving on, what other ones did you get a chance to check out? I know you checked out Blinky and uh, a couple of the ones I sent you. Uh, on the Blinky one, I think I watched a couple of the Freddy Krueger ones. I think one of these Friday the 13th ones. I watched the short one about Flash getting a speeding ticket in New Jersey, which I thought was kind of funny. Yeah, that was good. Uh, not not really a fan film, but I had to watch the, you know, Thomas Jane Dirty Laundry. That is a fan film, though, if you look at it. It is, I mean, but it's also a bunch of movie stars. Yeah. Did, did you see that guy's uh, Venom fan film? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, that the was one where Eddie Brock and then all those like documentary guys. Black and white, yeah. yeah. But yeah. Dirty Laundry, Dirty Laundry is is something else. If we're, I mean, if that, we're that, counting Dirty Laundry, that's my hands down favorite sound film. Oh yeah, that counts. Okay, well that's that's my favorite then. In discussion. <laughs> Did you ever see the uh, the Batman versus Predator or the World's Finest? I don't believe fan so. Films? Uh, those I have on uh, Fan Film Friday. You have to check them out. Uh, I can't remember the guy that did it, but uh, he did the the Batman versus Predator thing 
just as like a, a showcase reel to show how he could do cinematography and how he could direct and things like that and how he could perform action sequences. And it turned out to be uh, one of the most praised fan films ever made. Uh, World's Finest, he, he did that too. And that looks spectacular. Uh, other fan films of note... Uh, that that people genuinely really loved was Grayson. If you haven't seen Grayson, take a look at that. Uh, Blinky Productions did a did a really cool uh, the question uh, yeah, film. I watched one of those. I loved that. Loved it. Jeez, uh, what else was there? Um, it it just goes on and on. Uh, when when we were doing fan films today. We got uh, onto Mortal Kombat Legacy, uh, which Warner Brothers and NetherRealm uh, eventually supported uh, and helped produce. But uh, we started watching that, and we watched the fan film that uh, that got the guy that job. And we're <laughs> the kids watch that, and we're sitting there watching this, and we're watching this guy's remake of Reptile and and Baraka and and Johnny Cage and all that. And after it's over. I look at the kids, I'm like, what do you think about that? They're like, is there more? Can we watch more? <laughs> oh, yeah, there's three seasons. Let's go. But, uh, no, uh, that that even takes it a step further. You know, where, where some people do fan films, uh, they, they take 8 to 10 to 15 minutes to tell their story uh, and and make it as, as good as they can. Some people take it a step further, and uh, they do the web series. Yeah. Uh, like Mortal Kombat Legacy, that that turned into the web series. And uh, Red versus Blue, you know, if you, if you want to take that. I mean, Microsoft eventually was right behind that. But uh, that, that's fan-created. That, that's all fan stuff. Um, but uh, there's, uh, there's Nightwing's fan series out. There's one guy uh, from Throwback Studios. That's, that's the name of his company. He does, and I think he's in like his fourth season of uh, X-Men related fan films and series. When they start making series of it, I'm like, that's crazy. That costs some serious money and time. Yeah, absolutely. But this guy is pumping them out. Like the first season uh, that he did, and I, I watched all of it uh, because, you know, if somebody's going to put that type of effort into it, yeah. i got to give them that much of a chance. It, it was fair. It, it wasn't horrible. Some, some of the it acting can horrible. be desired. Uh, <laughs> some of the acting can be desired, but, but that goes that goes with the program. You know, you're, you're, you're getting unseasoned or, or very green uh, actors doing this stuff. A lot of them are your friends and stuff like that. But but I think that, that adds to the appeal. But uh, his first season was all about the Dark Phoenix saga. And uh, his, his locations were cool. I, I mean, his, his costumes for the X-Men were cool. The guy he had to play Wolverine was really cool. Uh, it, it just all fit. Um, and what is it? Uh, there's another uh, web series coming out for Power Rangers. Oh, yeah? <laughs> And this is the Power, Power Rangers not your Saturday morning Power Rangers. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Jason David Frank is uh, on a mission to try and get himself in it. <laughs> oh, I'm sure he'll get there some kind of way. Yeah, he has to. He has to. But uh, th- this web series, it's, it's simply called MMPR. 
and and the teaser trailer for this, they, they've got a whole bunch of stuff out right now. They're doing Kickstarters and, and all that stuff. But the teaser trailer, uh, it showed this uh, dilapidated, uh, like, back alley-type area, and you hear this voiceover from this guy, and he's obviously, like, really mad and really angry about things. And then you see this dude, or this, this girl, go up to this trash can, pick up this uh, teddy bear, squeezes it, and it, it makes some sort of noise. And then she skips her way to this area, and all of a sudden she stops and looks up, and then this guy steps forward and kneels down. And then the camera pans away, and you hear this little girl scream. And then you see him walking out with the head of this teddy bear, and he just tosses it on the ground. And he's, the voiceover is still going on, and then he's like, I will defeat the Power Rangers. And he sits down, and you see that he's got this big metal staff that has a Z on the top of it. He takes his hood off. You can see his brain and his little nice. head. Nice. Oh, it was so good. <laughs> nice. <laughs> yeah. And uh, they've, they've got uh, teaser images for... Um, the first episode, and the their Blue Ranger is a girl, and, like, her and uh, this one guy, like, she's a former military agent, and he is still in this agency or whatever, and uh, they end up fighting each other and all that stuff, and I think she's used for the Power Ranger Initiative or something like that, the Power Ranger Program. But it's a, it's a, they say it's like a realistic and gritty and dark take on the Power Rangers franchise. And the stuff that they showed was really good. <laughs> so, but yeah, that, that, that takes me right there. I, I love when people are able to, to put in that type of effort and to be able to do a web series. Mm-hmm. That, that's crazy to me. From from the low-key, which would be Throwback Studios and stuff like that. Guy's doing it on whatever he has available. But, uh, you know, he's getting followers and stuff like that. And people are genuinely interested. And then to the upper class and, and the, the expensive, you know, Mortal Kombat Legacy and the MMPR type stuff, it's just, it's insane. It's, it's insane, uh, the the subculture that, that is the fan film industry. And, 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 and it really kind of is because these people spend hundreds to thousands to tens of thousands of dollars to make these movies for people to armchair criticize, you know, to, to sit there and be like, nah, that was terrible. You did not put a lot of effort into that at all. <laughs> Because <laughs> cause you read some of the some of the comments for this, and and dude, nerds are some of the worst critics ever, ever. <laughs> These uh, guys, the, the hardcore fan base, man. <laughs> I love my stuff, you know. I love my Spider-Man, and I love my X-Men, and I love Power Rangers. And I love Transformers, and I love everything else that I grew up with as a kid. 
you know, but some of these guys just are not satisfied. And even on a fan film or anything like that, they're, they're just like, oh, no, the acting was terrible. It was nothing like Tommy Oliver from the from the television show. <laughs> I've seen better. Well, if you've seen better, why don't you go step in front of the camera and act? Why don't you try it out? See how it works. <laughs> but, but yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, there's definitely an art in film film. There's there's a lot of dedication and yeah. and thought that goes into these things. Yeah. I tried to make a movie once. Did you? I did. I did, and it's up on YouTube. We did a uh, we did test footage. And I did camera, and I directed and stuff like that, and that was as far as we got. <laughs> nice. The the idea that we had for our story, uh, and and I'll even I'll even link it. I'll I'll put it up there. My life's an open book. Um, but uh, we were gonna write this movie uh, about uh, this guy that <laughs> that lived in a basement and would kidnap people and kill them. <laughs> and uh, we did test footage with my buddy Robert and my friend Kelly, uh, and and I thought it turned out pretty good, but uh, but that was as far as we ever went with that. It, it just never went any farther. But you got anything else you want to add? Oh um, no, that's about it, man. All right, all right. I think we are done here. Ladies and gentlemen, don't forget to head over to Facebook to check out Stash My Comics. Facebook.com forward slash Stash My Comics. Everything is powered by Geek Energy, and Facebook is no exception. Coolness abounds on there. You can take a peek at that. Don't forget to hit up Twitter.com forward slash Stash My Comics. All the coolness from Facebook goes on to Twitter, too. Everything from the blog shows up there. Also, hit up Zazzle.com forward slash Stash My Comics. This is the 10th year anniversary for SNC, and you all need to be a part of that. Don't forget to pick up a T-shirt with uh, awesome artwork by uh, Jim Lawson, uh, who did Ninja Turtles. Uh, his stuff uh, with his homage to the Incredible Hulk, number 181, is there. Check it out, zazzle.com forward slash stash my comics. You can get other T-shirts and things there with uh, SMC on it so you can sport your geek apparel. Also, don't forget to hit us up on the website itself. Uh, the two main uh, reviews going on right now is a new um, crowdfunding flash horror GN, uh, graphic novel, The Chair, is looking for funding for a film, so take a peek at that. Also, the review for for uh, Smorgasbord Squad number one, and you can also see the new Geek Cinema What If Amazing Spider-Man number two. Last uh, last uh, podcast episode for the SMC podcast. Also, the uh, celebration for ten years of SMC Esposito and Jay Moore Kickstarter footprints for Bad Luck Charm, Free Secret Adventures of Houdini preview for Free Comic Book Day, and so much more. Yeah. <laughs> right on. Leo, if you don't have anything else? No, that's it for me. All right, ladies and gentlemen, we will see you next week. <laughs>